No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, thanks, you guys. Um, and thank you, Pete and Rich. Thank you for playing Rescue. Who doesn't love Lauren Daigle? Wow. Um, so thanks for this opportunity. I've changed my mind, and I'm going to have Gino talk yeah. instead. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, so 10 years ago at Winter Weekend, I shared my testimony. So I was one of those, like, look at the sticker under your seat. It's you that gets to talk. And at that point in my story, um, I had the real estate market had crumbled, and I had breast cancer. So it was a double whammy. And really, at that point, I thought, this is what suffering looks like. And this is what God is doing to rescue me. Because at that point, God reclaimed my life in such a beautiful way. Um, and really, the God's sense of humor is, that was his warm-up act. Um, so really, um, in the seven years that followed were, were um, years of plenty, where the kids were thriving, our jobs were going great. Um, all the things in an earthly measure were no complaints. They were just fabulous seven years of amazingness. And then in 2019, you think COVID, I think symptoms. My right foot started to flip. So we were on a hike in Montana, and it was like, maybe this is what 50 looks like. My foot is just not cooperating. And so it was a beautiful hike, and it wasn't like, it was pesky, but not like, I got to go to the doctor. So for the months that followed, the foot was a little bit like, the, the foot became the knee, a little bit of weakness, a little bit of imbalance, but I was still playing pickleball and doing yoga and walking 10 miles, you know, no problem. But my pace was slowing down, and my foot was dragging, but when we would walk, Gina would be like, I think it's good today. Good. It's better. And then it wasn't better. So in April of COVID, like COVID happened in February, we were working at home. So every day we were walking and biking and getting outside. Uh, an April morning, we were walking around our neighborhood and I fell on nothing. And so that tumble was like, in my spirit was crushed because I knew like, this is serious. So from that point, I went to a physical therapist who was like, you have an L4, L5 pinch, no big deal. Phew. And then when the MRIs came back negative or clean, tons of tests later, she's like, you need to see a neurologist. So I went to a neurologist, Dr. Madavi at Park Nicollet, and I said to her, I am terrified that I have ALS. She's like, no, you do not present ALS at all. You're good. So I'm like, you're the doctor, okay. And, um, but in my spirit, I knew. So then test after test, she said, we're gonna do tests from the benign to the extravagant. We are gonna find out what this is. Good. I'm that kind of girl. I said, have you done Strength Finder? Because you're thorough. And I love a thorough person. So I'm thorough too. So we're gonna get along good. So anyway, we did lots of tests, and at the end of all that, she said, it was actually kind of crummy. The nurse called and said, she would like to refer you to a neuromuscular neurologist, which if you Google that, it. it's not good. So I knew then that it was ALS. Went to Mayo, and on July 27th, 
Dr. Sorensen and Dr. Kelly confirmed my worst nightmare. That was bad. Um, and so what we thought was going to be five days of tests became after like two hours, they gave us the news. So we had told the kids, we have three boys, Marco, Luca, and Stefano. They're 22, 20, and 18. Stefano's here. You'll see him. Um, he's incredible. And the other two are too, but they're at home. Um, less incredible. Less, they're less incredible. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so we said to the doctors, like, what do people do? We told our kids we're going to be here till Thursday. And um, we can't hold this news. So we did what most normal people do at 10.30 in the morning in Rochester. We went and had a drink. And um, <laughs> we, we cried with our waitress. Like, she was a stranger to us, but she was an angel who just sat down with us and was like, I said, I just found out I'm terminally ill. I can't believe this. And she was so beautiful. And then we decided that we, we had some more tests that day. But we decided we would go home and tell the kids. And they all knew, they were texting us that day. Like, not me. They were texting Gino, how's mom? How's the day? And, and we were like, we can't lie. We're not a family that would ever lie. So we said, the Mayo is an impressive place. <laughs> and they were like, that's not what we're asking. You know, how's mom? Her spirits are great. You know, like, all this stuff that was like, you know, how can we frame this? But anyway, we went home, and it was the hardest conversation that we have ever had, where we said, you know, it's interesting. This is a little flashback. Stefano, at when the, in, in 2014, when the Ice Bucket Challenge was a thing, um, Stefano did the Ice Bucket Challenge in our shower, and we have it on video. And at that time, we didn't even know what ALS was, really. And he didn't either. But we have it on video. And so... Um, when we got home, Wait, the kid. Yeah, of course. So one thing on that is he did yeah, the. I know I can't help myself. Um, <laughs> when, when he did the whole ice bucket thing, he said, "Hi, I'm Stefano Giovanelli. I'm doing the ice bucket challenge," and he did the whole ice thing, right? And I said, "We got to do it again." And he said, "Why?" I said, "You didn't say the ALS ice bucket challenge." And he goes, "What's ALS?" I mean, how ironic. Right. And we have that all on video. Him like asking like, "What's ALS?" with his little baby voice, and it's like, yeah, a little tiny voice, and it's like. Oh. So yeah. we got home, and this is like, again, the kids were kind of worried, but not worried enough. Luca was up on the Xbox, and we're kind of like, we need to have a family meeting. And we had to, like, I had envisioned they'd all be lined up at the door waiting for us to get home. <laughs> but no, we had to, like, get out here on the porch. Well, I had thrown them off with these benign comments about how great the Mayo Clinic is. So they, weren't, they were expecting D-Day on Thursday. So were we, honestly. And so they just thought it was just going to be, uh, how'd the day go? So we, anyway, we went on the porch and the, we shared the news. And we said, who knows what ALS is? And none of them knew. So we had to share, like, the prognosis is bleak. There's no cure. Um, the average lifespan is two to five years. 10% of people live more than five years. Um, I'm a fighter and I have the Lord, but my plan is to see you graduate. Um, to Stefano and to Marco to graduate from college. We just kind of put out a few um, hopes and prayers at that time. And it was a horrible, beautiful, I, like time stood still to see your kids look at you and to know like, 
I'm your mom, but I'm not going to be here like I thought I would. Um, rotten. But from that point, it's been, so two years was July 27th, so I've already hit two years, which I'm so grateful. I can't even believe that I'm talking, swallowing, um, able to still move certain parts of my body. It's, it's really incredible. I've seen a lot of friends who I've met through ALS die much more quickly, and so that is rough. Um, Senator Tomasoni, I don't know if you know him from the Iron Range, but he was instrumental in Minnesota getting $25 million for research and caregiver support passed, and he died while we've been up here, um, which may us all rest in peace. But it's been um, a journey that we never expected. But the piece that's really incredible is God's provision. So that's really my theme, is since the news that is like life-altering, we, um, and I shared this a little bit at winter weekend in February, but Gino and I immediately decided to renew our vows. So we did that in October of 2020, and we literally threw it together in like three weeks where we decided, and it's COVID at this time, right? We could, the church that had not let anyone meet since COVID started allowed us to have 50 people, and our both pastors were there, the band was there, rich. Um, so any song that they just sang, like that was part of it. Um, but all 50 people were able to make it. It was extraordinary. And we used the same vows that we used 28 years ago. Um, that's like, you don't know what you're saying when you say them when you're 24. Um, and how appropriate and how perfectly placed those words were. It was like, like the Lord knew. It was incredible. The initial plan was to, re to write new vows until we looked at the original ones. I'm like, these hold. They mean more today than they ever did. Yeah. It was incredible. And then um, someone had suggested that at, we had a little reception in our backyard. Okay, OPS, it's October 20th. It snowed. It's the October that it snowed seven inches. And the tent people were like, they'll be able to set up the tent if there's, you gotta, you gotta have it be grass. So Gino came home from teaching and snow blowed our backyard. <laughs> and literally the neighbors were like, we knew they were crazy, but yeah. I had to do it, I had to do it twice. I could see these neighbors looking over the kind of the fence going like, I know they have a lot of stuff going on in their life, but Gino's lost it. <laughs> he's he's snow blowing the backyard twice just to take it down. Yeah. That was so funny. Um, so someone had suggested though videotape yourself dancing with each son because you may not make it to their wedding. And so we had each of the boys choose a song and um, a friend of ours who does video captured that. It was in, it's, in, it's incredible to see that. And for me, it's such a comfort to know that they'll have that. So God's just gone ahead of us really in every way um, other than we're heartbroken to show up through people Here's another zinger. So we go to a tiny church called The Table. A hundred people probably, like, like the branch, little. And ALS is a pretty rare disease. Um, as soon as I was diagnosed, I shared with my pastor, Debbie Manning, and she goes, when you're ready, 
there's someone at our church who just lost her husband to ALS in May. I'm like, what? Okay. So at that point, it's COVID. We are worshiping outside in the parking lot. I talked to her on a Wednesday. That Sunday, we're, we have six-foot six um, boxes in the parking lot, like squared off so that you stay safe. We're in one square. Lori Larson is in the other square. So we're like, talk to someone you haven't met yet. Hi, I'm Lynn. And she's a hi, I'm Lori. At the end of the service, she goes, are you ALS Lynn? I'm like, are you ALS Lori? <laughs> oh my gosh. So since that day, she has been, again, it's only God can do this stuff. She has been so steadfast for our family. She is advocating um, and raising money for ALS as her, as her single cause. And she has just shown up for our family. And we know that we're a comfort to her, and she's a comfort to us. Like, it's not a one-way street, because that's God's economy. So it has been so wild. Then, that following January, I was still working at Groves Academy. That January, though, I decided to go um, to, to Florida for the month of January, because the cold weather is brutal for anyone. Um, <laughs> but particularly for someone with a motor neuron disease. So I went in January, and it's a tiny little, my friend, a board member from Grove said to me, I'd love you to use my condo. I'm like, again, lavish. So I accepted that beautiful offer and worked down there for the month. My next door neighbor at the condo was a hospice worker for ALS patients. I'm like, what? Linda, she's 70 years old. She, she's an angel. So for the month, we played rummy cube, we had dinners together, and we just talked. And she knows what the end looks like. She was honest and beautiful and encouraging. I'm like, I called Gina, I'm like, you're not going to believe, like, this. we've had so many of those, you're not going to believe this experiences, that we know it's the Lord taking care of us in a brutal experience. Um, because I can't type or, type or write, I couldn't prepare, so I got to just look at my little notes. Uh, yeah. So another couple things that I wanted to share is that um, prior to Groves, where I started in 2017, I had not had long-term disability. I was self-employed, and then I worked for small organizations that did not have that benefit. But when I started at Groves, I knew it was like the job of my dreams. I was recruited for this job. And from moment one, it was like, I am meant to be here. I spent five beautiful years leading the advancement team for Groves. And just, it was a blessing to me, to them. It was just great. But I had long-term disability. And so when it came time to retire, I just, again, was like, God, you provide. I, we are equal breadwinners in our family. And at 50 years old, I was not expecting to stop working. I loved my job, but um, the provision of that, it, it's like an earthly provision, but for our family, it ended up being a, like, okay, you're rescued. You don't have to panic. You can, there's plenty to panic about, and um, that piece was just taken care of for us. I'm so grateful. I also wanted to share that in 2012, the breast cancer real estate collapse, um, that chapter, 
my life verse became Philippians 4, 6, and 7. So because I don't memorize scripture very well, I'm going to read it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In Christ. Did you catch that? <laughs> uh, um, the miracle of all of this is that I'm not anxious. I have peace. God's peace, his presence, and his provision have been incredible. Like, we cannot make this stuff up. And so the fact I can't sleep well because I can't move. But I'm not, I don't have like panic attacks. And I'm, my head is not racing. I, when I wake up at night, I think about the people in heaven I'm going to meet. I say their names out loud, and I'm joyful. I don't want this life to end. I mean, I really do have a great life. But um, that, um, the biggest provision, though, is my husband, Gino. So 35 years ago, we were on a study abroad program in Vienna, Austria, with, you know, 60 kids from all over the country. And we met day one. And I would just say that was God going completely before my life and before both of us, to um, weave our hearts together. We knew the day we met each other, we were not instant, like, love at first sight people. We were best friends. We traveled Europe together and dated other people, and life brought us back together in 1992 after coming back to the U.S. But I would just say that um, the sacrificial, see this will wreck me, the sacrificial love of this man who has learned how to put in ponytails and wash my butt. And, I mean, I tell you, it is, I can't, you've seen him feed me. It is um, so humbling. It's what we meant when we said our vows. But you never really want to exercise all those things. Um, but to see him with joy serve me in a way that is to the end, um, it's, it's, everyone should be so lucky. So I would just say, um, so grateful to the Lord for the way he is, continues to put people in my life, even here. Like, really? Um, Maddie is a neuro neurological OT, and she's in our small group. Like, crazy stuff like that, where you're like, okay, God, uh, the presence of the Lord is so, so apparent, you couldn't miss it. So my offering is, um, what I'm aware of is the never doneness of God. I don't know what day he's going to call me home. It will likely be sooner than later. But um, he has reminded me that my life, even though I'm not physically able to do what I used to do, which was a lot, um, he's still using me. And I would just pay attention to your own life where the never-doneness of God, um, don't miss it. It's beautiful. And he is um, he's lavish in his invitation to use your life even when your, your body is crumbling. So I'm going to read a devotion that I like. Um, 
that has spoken to me. I missed a few things, but they're not important. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is like not linear, but you, Brian, mentioned the glimpses of heaven. I would just say, I, I, I would challenge anyone to disagree that family fest is a glimpse of heaven. So when I imagine it, I think about it a lot, probably more than you, and um, it looks a lot like this, where people are praising and they're loving well and they're setting their crap aside and they're, they're honest about their suffering and they're honest about their joy and they're taking care of each other's kids and they're, you know, like looking past, like, what are you wearing? How much do you make? Um, it's, just, it's just deep, true humanity being united with Christ. Like, I just, I, who cannot be excited about that? So again, I'm not racing to the finish line, but I know that when I do hit that mark, um, it will be beautiful. Okay. Um, did I miss anything? To be human is to know loss in its many forms. This should not be seen as a depressing truth. Acknowledging this reality enables us to find our way into the grace that lies hidden in sorrow. We are most alive at the threshold between loss and revelation. Every loss opens a way for a new encounter with Christ. Amen. Thanks, all. <laughs>